I got a friend that I tell people that you could bring him a trailer full of metal and he would make you a car out of it and you can drive on. I call him MacGyver. Y'all know MacGyver from the TV show that does all kind of things with a little or nothing. But his name Johnny Hunt, I call him MacGyver. And he, he builds stuff, seems like, from nothing. But after he gets it built, you know, or, or he's working on it, he likes to show it to me. He likes to show me pictures. He'll either, either drive it over there and bite me over to his house. And, and you don't go over there for 10 minutes or 20 minutes. You're going to end up spending over two hours just looking at the stuff that he's been creating. And he's so proud of what he created. You know, so, so, so how do you feel when you, when you do something and you create or you accomplish something? How do you feel about that particular thing that you've created? You want others to see it. You want others to enjoy it. And so this morning's uh, uh, Sunday school lesson kind of stepped on my sermon uh, uh, a little bit this morning. But if you would, I'm, I'm going to read. A, it's going to be several verses, but for the focus of the reading, we're going to do Genesis 1-1. Uh, Genesis 1.26, and a very familiar scripture, John 3.16. So the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. Then we go down to Genesis 1.6, this is key, Let us create man. Okay, let us create man. And then down at John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let us pray. Most gracious, kind Father, Lord, you know that uh, I'm useless this morning without you, Father. God, I pray that you just touch us, hide me behind the cross. Let others see you through me this morning, Father God. Let these words be, resonate in hearts this morning, especially to those that don't know you as Lord and Savior, Father God. Let them know, Father God, this morning what you've done for them, Lord, before they was even in the womb of their mother, Father God. Lord, I just thank you again and bless the name that you pray. Amen. Amen. So... Why, why do we, why does God love us so much? Why does God love us so much? You know, in the beginning, it was God. And I believe, I believe at that time, there was nothing else but God. This is my belief, that it was nothing else but God. And then he spoke the words and said, uh, he created heaven and earth. I believe when he created heaven, he created everything in heaven. And when he created earth, it was void and some other stuff. And, he, and on the few days later, he made it formed and, and put the animals in it, put the fishes in it, put everything in it. But on the sixth day, he said, let us. I think that was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He said, let us create man. Now, he could have just like he did the animals, he could have spoke us into existence. He could have just said, let there be man, let there be woman, and go on about life. But no, he cared so much for us because he wanted something to commune with. 
He wanted somebody that he could talk with every day and spend time with. He wanted a relationship with us. So he got up off his throne and got down in the sand and formed man out of sand. Now, have you ever thought about the body? Boy, I tell you what, I'm 64 years old, just turned it last month. And I tell you what, the older I get, the more joints I recognize. You know, it reminds me that they're there. My shoulders start saying, boy, you need to do something. My back, my knees, my feet, it lets me know I'm there. But you ever think about the complexity of the human body? You know, the, the skeletal system, how it's structured, and it frames us. And then you come with the, with the, with the uh, nervous system. Man, how many nerves do we have in our body? You know, I kind of wish I didn't have that sciatic one. But, but we got so many nerves, and it's placed in the body. You know, then we got our, our, our breathing system, our lungs, our oxygens. Then we come back with our blood. I mean, this design of the body is created by God. No man could create something that complex. You know, people has tried to replace parts of the body with imitation this and imitation that, but nothing will work like what God created. You know, so God created us. And then after God has created, what did he do? He breathed into us the breath of life. Got down and breathed into our nostrils so that we might have life. Breathed us and brought us into existence. God did that for us. And this was before we was even in the mother's womb. We, he done this for us today. He done this for us today. Even before he was in the womb, he created us. And then uh, we go on down a little further in Genesis, uh, 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 Genesis 3 and 6, where Adam sinned. Stepping all over it this morning. But where Adam sinned, Eve and Adam, Adam was tempted by Eve, and he sinned. Now, it's not a fault of ours today that's sitting in this room that we're sinners, you know? Because everybody, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. And we fall short of the glory of God. Now, I'm not, no, I'm not any better than anybody else. There ain't nobody any better than I am. We're all sinners. I just happen to be a saved sinner. I just happen to be a redeemed sinner. But if you're today and you haven't been redeemed, I strongly encourage you. I strongly encourage you. So Adam sinned, and then it says, "For all have sinned." Genesis three. I mean, uh, uh, Galatians. Uh, For all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. And then Romans six twenty three. For the wages of sin is death. There's a payment for our sin, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life, is eternal life. Now, did he have to give it to us? He created us. He loves us. He was, he, he was proud of his creation. He spent time with us. He, even when Adam sinned, he tried to hide. Sin wasn't in the world then. The world didn't know sin until Adam sinned. Ain't that something? Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Let me, let me bring it more personal. Could you imagine your household? without any fussing, without any arguing, without any disagreements, without any pain, without any suffering. You know, just think of what this world was like before sin. 
So, so the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life. And God done all this stuff for us, but then we broke that relationship. We, we broke that fellowship with God. We broke that fellowship through Adam's sin. That fellowship was gone. But the relationship was still, we, we, God still wanted us to be his children. And we are his children. But we don't have that relationship. That relationship. My, my children, uh, uh, they could do whatever they want to to me. They can, they can, they can uh, 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 burn stuff down, steal, do whatever. They'll break my relationship, my, my, my fellowship, but not my relationship. There's nothing they can do to change the relationship they're my child and what god wants us to do is to restore that fellowship that fellowship because he come down and communed daily with adam and there was something that happened and god just couldn't let it go so he tried uh, he he done different things over the years prior to Christ's coming he allowed he had sacrifices he was able to do blood sacrifices through birds, through animals, through whatever, to sacrifice for redemption of sin. And, and, and that just wouldn't handle it. Because every time I, I needed to get forgiveness, where did I have to go? I had to find in that particular day, we used Brother Hilden as an example. At that particular day, I had to go find Brother Hilden. And say, Brother Hilden, here's a dove. Man, I sinned this week. Can you, can you sacrifice this and ask God to forgive me? You know, that wasn't working out so good for us. You know, it worked for God, but it didn't work for us because it's hard. How many of you goes a day without any type of sin? Come on. Come on. We're not perfect. Brother Roger, how many times you riding down the road doing 60 miles an hour and a 55 miles on? I mean, the Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar, and unto God that which is God. And when we break the law, that's the same thing as sin. But now, Brother Roger's sin ain't as bad as mine, is it? How does God look upon it? Sin is sin. And we try to put flesh on God. Now we go down. So, John 3, 16. For God. For God. Because God. Because this supreme being. Last Sunday, I believe it was in Sister Janice's class, we talked about God and God's knowledge. God don't need any education. We don't have to inform God of anything. There's no college for God. He already knows everything. He knows your heart. He knows where you stand. He even knows your thought and what you're fixing to think. He has no need. So for this supreme being, this know-all, this omnipotent, per, this omnipotent God, so deeply, so heartfully, so deeply loved us, loved us, loved you. God loves you. Who do you love as deep as God loves you? I mean, I thought about that. You know, who do we love as deeply as God loves us? And I'll come back. I said, well, well I love my wife. But boy, they sometimes, I, I get on her nerves. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. But, but, but I love her. But not like God loves her. I don't care what she does or what 
I do, God will forgive me. You know, I can do whatever in the world and God will forgive me. Janice may not. And if she does, and I'm using, she gets mad at me sometimes when I use her example, but if she does forgive me, guess what? She don't forget it. <laughs> she don't forget it. You know, get, get heated up. Well, you done so and so. Well, baby, you forgave me for that. Well, I ain't forgot it. But God forgives us and forgets. He loved, he for God so loved the world. That's everybody in it. That's just not us. That's just not them. That's just not the Jews. That's just not the Gentiles. That's everybody God loves the same. Ain't that something? You know, well, well you love me more than him. No, God, I, I pick up my grandson all the time. Who you love the most? Who you love the most? Papa, Papa, Papa. You know, but I know God loves all of us the same. He wants the relationship with each and every one of us the same. He don't want you to be more or less than the next person. He wants the same. So God so loved the world, he's done, now after God so loved the world, that. See, when we, when we read Scripture, I talked this morning, sometimes we need to slow down and read Scripture. God so loved the world, that. Because God loves the world, he done something. Because there was a broken relationship with us or a broken fellowship with us, God had to do something or he wanted to do something. He didn't have to do anything, but he wanted to do something to allow us to be able to restore that fellowship with him. So he gave. He wasn't forced. There was no, it wasn't an accident. You know, it was, it was in his plan. It was his plan that he gave his only, there wasn't no more, his only begotten son, his, his, his child, so to speak. How many of you today that has children? Brother Jerry, would you give your son for my sins? How many of us today would do that? I think Jerry loves me. But he don't love me like God does. You know, he gave his only son. Why did he give it? For God swore the world that he gave his only son that we, that we, all of us, all of us, the song says, I think it is, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. That all of us would have everlasting life. Now, he done that, but we got to do something also. God doesn't, doesn't force, God doesn't force his son on us. God doesn't, God doesn't uh, 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 make us accept him. God doesn't do that. God loves us enough, but he's a gentleman. He's going to knock on the door. He's going to offer him to you. And there's many of us has many times been offered. There's many of us at many times been convicted of his sons uh, being, being saved. So God said, look the world. And, 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 and he said, and then Jesus said, what did Jesus say in uh, Luke 23, 34? God gave him. Jesus knew what he was going to do and knew what he had to do. And, and he knew that he had to come down here and live. And he knew he had to sin not because if he sinned at all, it would be a waste of his time and it would be unacceptable to God. 
You know, I was explained one time about, about how could Jesus live with this flesh for all the years that he was here and not sin. I used an example or was told an example one time. It was like somebody, my, my child sitting there and somebody had a gun to his head and said, if you sin in the next 24 hours, I'm going to pull the trigger. Jesus knew what the consequences was and it would not be worthy sacrifice to God if he didn't live the way he was supposed to and not sin. So Jesus walked this earth all those years and he gave his life, sinless life, and then what did he say on the cross? And this is where it comes this good. Well, Scripture also says, if he be lifted up, he would draw others unto me. But at the end of that, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus' work, all they was doing to him, he said, Father, forgive them. You know, and guess what? God accepted his sacrifice. God accepted his, his replacement of us in the sin sacrifice. The only time that God turned his back on his son was when he was on the cross and all the sin was placed on him. You know? So, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, God and Jesus has done everything that they they done before we before we was even born, before we was even in our in my mother's womb, but still when we were still in the mind of God, all this happened to us here today. And then what does what does Romans say? Romans nine and ten. We got to do something. I don't think there's a soul here today, a person here today, that don't believe Jesus is alive. Jesus is real. I don't believe there's a soul here today that don't believe in God. I don't believe because if you, if you didn't believe in him, if you didn't think about it, you wouldn't be here. You know, why would you waste your time? So we, we know in our heart that it is, but it says, if we confess, if we confess with our mouth and believe in thine heart, what does it say? You might be saved. You could be saved. It says, thou shalt be saved. Where's Brother Tim at? Is he here? He's not here. But the electrical code book, if it says this will happen, then you could change it. If it says that this could happen, you could change it. But if it says this shall happen, it's got to be that way. You know? And God said, thou shalt be saved. But we have to do something. And this is the only way. This is the only way. Some people believe now that we got social media as posting all this scripture on social media and talking all this nice stuff on social media and doing all these good deeds and, and helping this one, helping that one, and, and, and working hard and, and, and doing good that they're going to go to heaven. Guess what? No. No. If you don't accept Christ's work on Calvary and believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, guess what? Your work is in vain. You're on your way to hell. And why? And my, 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 my problem this morning, it's, it's not complicated. It, 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 we, we, we try all kind of stuff to restore our health in our body. You know, we, I know people that exercise and runs. I think Jerry rides bicycles and Preacher rides bicycles. And I couldn't. I tried. Me and Janice bought some. And I tried leaving Deep Branch Road. I got to the river and almost had to push the bike back. 
You know, so, so we try to do stuff to fix our bodies and make our bodies in better shape, but we fail our spiritual side and, and we don't do what we need spiritually that's more important than the physical. Because what we, this physical body is not going to last, but our spiritual body is going to last. And I don't understand why some people, because they got all kind of possessions, you know, they got all kind of things, and they, they, they feel like if they, if, they, uh, if they accept Christ, they got to change something or do something. But I'm going to tell you what. Right now, you don't have to do anything to get saved except believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. How many of you took a shower this morning before taking a bath? Or took a bath before you took a shower? How many of you? Yeah, but you didn't do both. We don't need to clean ourselves up before God cleans us. God, let him clean us. And let him tell us what we need to do later. You know, I, one of my holdbacks when I got saved was, well, I need to quit this. I need to quit that. And every time I quit something, the devil would put something else in me. And so you need to quit this. It got to, I think I shared with y'all before, it got to where it said you need to quit listening to rock music. And I just come to that church, that Sunday. Matter of fact, next week's my spiritual birthday, January the 29th. When I come to church that Sunday, and that, Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart, God just laid on my heart, you don't need to do nothing. Just accept me. You don't have to change clothes. You don't have to brush your teeth. You don't have to comb your hair. You don't have to quit doing this, quit doing that. You just need to start. You need to start believing. You need to start uh, uh, trusting me. It's not complicated. It's just not complicated. Hebrews 2 and 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How shall we escape? If we reject God, if we reject Christ's work, and we, and we leave this world, I don't care how much good you've done. I don't care how much money you donated. I don't care if you got perfect attendance. I don't care what's in your heart. If you fail to accept and confess, you're going to lift your head, eyes up in hell. Now, as Christians... As Christians, sometimes we allow things. Like I was just talking about that has been going on in my life. We, we allow things to, what's the use, Lord? Why should I keep on doing what I'm doing? Why should I, why should I do what I do? You know, we've got to remember what he did for us and then keep on going. Because he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't tell us that it was going to be an easy life. He didn't tell us that everything is going to be smooth. He didn't tell us any of that. He just told us that if we accept his son, we will have eternal life in heaven. Now, wouldn't that be something? As I said earlier, wouldn't that be something to imagine that, you're, you're, that you live in a place that there's nothing ever goes wrong? That there's ever, there, never an argument? Just like the men were singing earlier and, the, and stuff just wouldn't lined up. Nothing like that would happen anymore in glory. There's no bad call. The devil was throwing rocks at us this morning. 
You know what I'm saying? So if the devil's throwing rocks at us, what we need to do is pick them up and throw them back at him. You know, God loves us. And what and it's so simple that it's hard for people to understand and accept. It's just so simple. Some would just, some would just, because they got a relationship with a fella or a lady or something like that, and they're living in a manner that they ought not to, that lines up to the Bible, they think if I go get saved, then I got to do something about that. And then if I get married, I got to sign half my mess over. You know, there's stuff that we need to ignore here on earth because of the long term. The long term. Mr. Galloway Hunt back when I was young, and cropping tobacco. And he talked about me about the long term. Boy, if I'd done what he said, good gracious, how would I be today? He said, Gerald, he said, he, well, he called me Goosby. He said, Goosby, he said, what you need to do is put your money in the bank and let it work for you while you working for it. But the only thing I could see was the weekend. The only thing I could see was Friday night and Saturday night and be broke on Monday morning, you know? God wants us to look at the long run. And there's not a soul here today that's guaranteed tomorrow. Matter of fact, we're not even guaranteed today. You know, anything could happen. If you, if you look at social media, if you look at the news, every single week somebody's leaving, maybe every day some young person, some older person is leaving this world. And they post on social media, fly high. Rest high in God's hand. And then you look at their pages and stuff, and they're drinking and smoking dope and doing all. I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't judge their heart. Don't misread what I'm saying. But the, the tree bears its fruit. Everybody that passes here is not going to glory. I don't care how good a person they are. I mean, they can speak real good about you and, 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 and give you all kind of praises and, and everything else. But guess what? It's over. Their choice has become a reality. Their choice has become a reality. So, as they come to, to uh, sing some song of invitation, maybe just as I am or something like that, uh, would be good. I want you to think about it. What is holding you back? What is keeping you from inheriting, so to speak, heaven? What is keeping you from accepting the Lord and his work right now. And, and, and is it worth it? Is it worth it? Whatever it is, is it worth going to hell? Ain't that something? I mean, that's putting it blunt, but it's the truth. You know, we are not, we are not promised another hour. Anything could happen. You know, young man just had a heart attack. Healthy. The football player that just had a heart attack. Man, you know they work out. He survived. But anything could happen to us. Uh, Mr. Tommy just got a wreck. We don't know. Think about it. Just because we do good don't mean that we're saved. Just because we post good don't mean that we're saved. God looks at our heart.